0: What up? Welcome to another episode of More Than a Vibe podcast. I am Marty Marr. What up? What up?
1: It's your girl, Sharika. This is your girl, Tiffany, aka Miss Wells.
2: It's your boy, Chris. All
0: right, and today we have a very special guest, but she is no stranger to the room. Uh, One of the smartest women that I know, uh, I love and cherish to death, Keisha Percy, my mother. Thank you for being here.
3: Thank you for having me. Hello, world.
0: So today we are talking about domestic violence, and I guess this episode is going to be kind of dear to my heart because my mother has personally experienced this and went through this. Um, And today we're just going to break down a bunch of stuff about domestic violence, um, kind of going through it, I guess, and then getting help. So ladies.
1: All right. So we have different, um, like several different forms of abuse. Um, The most common ones would be physical abuse and verbal abuse, controlling, using weapons to inflict them, um, hitting, punching, kicking, shoving, choking, and slapping you, and forcing you to do something against your will. And then verbally,
4: just talking down on you, making you feel like crap, singing anything to make you feel less than. Mm. Um, Okay, so... In the United States, an average of 20 people experience intimate partner physical violence every minute. Um, this equates to more than 10 million abusers, annual, 10 million victims annually. Um, and then, so, one in four women and then one in nine men experience severe intimate partner uh, physical violence. Um, and so, when they talk about that, they just talk about, like, um, like, Physical, um, verbally, sexually, just all the different kind of ways you can kind of be in that type of situation. So,
0: yeah. So I guess the the first uh, question is, um, why do people abuse? So from the National Domestic Violence um, website, uh, they quote, um, "Domestic violence and abuse." Stem from a desire to gain and maintain power and control over an intimate partner. Abusive people believe they have the right to control and restrict their partners and they may enjoy the feeling and exerting power gives them. They often believe that their own feelings and needs should be the priority in their relationships. So they so they use abusive tactics to dismantle equally or equality and make their partners feel less valuable and deserving of respect in their relationship.
4: So it's like a power thing for them, for the abuser.
0: Power trip, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much, that's what it's saying. So let's jump right in. So, Mother, (coughs) give us, start us off at the beginning of your domestic abuse. How old were you? Where were you? What happened?
3: Um, so I was 15, a sophomore in high school. Okay. Um, and uh, I met this guy. And uh, he appeared to be pretty nice. I'd never seen him before. He went to my school. Never seen him before. Um, and he walked up to me one day and was like, I've been seeing you. you know, I want to talk to you, get to know you. What have you. Um, and so we began to... Kind of talk and get to know each other, um, and then I, I it had to be several months. Um, we just kind of talked, became friends, got to know each other, and uh, one day he was at my house. We were outside, I'm um, in the backyard, and I'm not even sure what ex- what the exact exchange was, but he said something and I said something. It was kind of like an argument. Mm-hmm. And I said something smart back. I don't know if it was shut up or I'm done with this, um, leave or whatever the case may be. And he slapped me. Um, And I was taken off guard. I was very, very, very shocked. Um, And of course, I cried. And um, he immediately was like, I'm sorry. You know, um, I just got angry. It'll never happen again. And I believe that, you know, he had never done it before. He seemed like a nice guy. I figured it would never happen again. Um, and it didn't happen. So so the story is a little, I'll try to give a quick quick synopsis. Um, so I was at South Warren High School. Um, and so we talked briefly during the the it was the beginning of the school year. Um, well, some things transpired. My parents, my parents were very strict. They didn't want me to be with him. And so I wasn't allowed to date. Mm-hmm. And so um, one one day I was sneaking out to hang out with him. And my parents had told me not to go out with him. You know, don't be with him. You can't date. So my friends, we all kind of collectively got together and we snuck out. And um, uh, it was funny because the a few days before, this was Saturday, a few days before my parents were like, Um, One of my friends, her mother just bought a Mustang GT and he was like, stay out of that car. She can't handle it. Well, nevertheless, um, we went out and she was driving her car. Another one of our friends was driving and we were racing and we got into an accident. And I was with this guy. I was supposed to be like hanging out with my friends. And so silly me, instead of just like going home and, you know, facing the consequences, I decided, okay, my parents told me not to hang out with him. So I didn't go home. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I didn't go home and I, I stayed at his house um stupidly for the weekend and then went to school on Monday. Wow so yeah, right So know. my parents yeah so my <laughs> parents came and um, uh, I'm saying all this to say when my parents came up to school and talked to our the counselor, the counselor told my parents, hey, you know you need to keep your daughter away from him you know he, he's been into a little trouble or what have you stay away from him. Well, that started a chain of events because now my parents are telling me to stay away from him i really like him so now you know we i'm battling with my parents well needless to say um i ended up running away from home with this guy um and so uh that's when the abuse really started between the the first slap there was no other abuse until i actually ran away with him um and then that's when the the physical abuse um started uh and it was i mean pretty much all the time
0: so so for people that don't know um you live in born and raised in Chicago
3: i was born and raised in Chicago uh when i was 12 years old we moved to dalton okay and um uh the when we moved out there it was it's very different from what it is now we were like the first black family on our block um And things were going pretty good uh, as far as school or what have you. Um, But yeah, so I I met this guy my sophomore year. And um, so let me say uh, this also. Um, I was a troubled teenager. I was getting in a lot of trouble um, and causing rebellion a lot against my parents. So that and then meeting somebody else who was rebellious. We kind of just went on this rebellion streak. Um, So I, I ended up running away from home. And, uh, at the time I was, you know, had some suicidal, um, tendencies, I guess you would say. And so I ended up, uh, going, um, uh, being checked into the hospital for a certain amount of time. Um, I came out and then I ran away with this guy. Um, where we ran away, uh, I ran away to <laughs> San Diego, California. Oh, that's where mm. you so now. that word. <laughs> Um, so, well, well, let me say this. Initially, um, I ran away and we were living And he was from Harvey. We were living in the Harvey, Harvey area. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how it went. We were living in, in Harvey. He was selling drugs and, uh, I ran away. Well, I think he got arrested and I ended up going back home. No, I, I can't remember exactly how the story was. However, at one point, um, I had gotten pregnant. In the midst of all this, I got pregnant. And my parents put me, because I was running away constantly, I was a chronic runaway. My parents put me in a girl's home. Uh, we were Bonnie and Clyde, so we thought. So <laughs> he, like, came and broke me out of this, this girl's oh, wow. home. Wow. Um, that and and like so that. we were, he was selling drugs. We were living, um, basically, uh... Uh, what they used to call back then spots you know we were living in in um the dope houses they were trap selling house. and trap yeah okay. and it was it was actually myself and um uh him and then one of his friends and one of my friends so they were a couple and we were a couple um and that's a whole nother show about that okay any who so we were uh he was selling drugs or whatever and so this older couple that he had um a young lady he grew up with uh, her and her husband were selling drugs. And they were like, man, you go to California. California is the place. So mm-hmm. we ran away to San Diego, mm-hmm. California. And um, he was just very... I mean, like, it was... Um, you know, anything I say is smart. Anything, you know, anything that he didn't like, um, he would hit me. You know, this on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Um And, uh, what people, I guess what people don't, you know, people think like, oh, well, you should leave, you should get out. Um, but what tends to happen with abusers is that, um, they, they get you isolated, you know, to yourself, away from family, away from friends. And so in your mind, you're thinking, I have no one to go to. This is the only person that I have. And, and of course you, you love that person you think you love them. And so you kind of get caught up in, um, you know, what am I going to do? And then you also have to understand, like I said, there were, there were, there was depression. Um, I was dealing with suicide. Um, and then also low self-esteem. And then when some when you already don't value yourself and have no self-worth. And then you have someone else basically agreeing with you that you have no value. You have no self-worth because normally with physical abuse, it, there's verbal abuse. Um, and so you kind of just, You really start to believe that, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's hard to break the cycle of abuse.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So, so when when you was in California, I just want to go back really quick. Okay. So when you was in, you got to California, Mm -hmm. he was selling drugs. Yes. Okay. So did you get involved in that?
3: Well, yeah. So he, um, he ended up getting arrested. (laughs) He ended up getting arrested, and we were out there. It was just him and I and this other couple, and he ended up getting arrested because he basically was selling drugs. I was just, he was mm-hmm. taking care of me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when he got arrested, then, yeah, I had to start taking care of myself. You was mm-hmm.
4: the ride
3: or die. and I wasn't really ride or die. I just had to take care of myself because... No, I'm
4: saying ride or die as far as why he's still in that work. you made sure you was on the side. Like Yeah,
3: the yeah. Uh, well, I, I, was, I was 15. I didn't know. I was, I had lived a shelter life. My parents were in church. All I knew was church. I didn't know about this life, mm. but I called myself, you know, following him because my parents just don't want me to be happy. And I really like this guy. And I think this guy really liked me, you know? Mm. Um, but I had no clue. Like when we went down there, um, uh, it's crazy. And it just goes to show you how people, um, pastors preaching today about being selfish um, I, as we rode through several states, we took the train, all the drugs were on me because of the simple fact they were like, you're 15, you got a baby face. If the police stop us, they're not going to search you. And thank God they didn't because I was the one that's going to go to jail because I had all the drugs on me going through several different states to get to California.
0: Wow. He was gonna hit, get hit with a different, a uh, few different charges.
3: And and you know it was just God's grace because there were several times when we got stopped by the police and the police would search everybody but me and
0: I normally was the one carrying the drugs. Mm. Wow!
2: So you thought so they was basically using you?
0: Pretty much. Yeah. So definitely. so so we know like the first time you got hit, he was at your house. Um, do you like recall the second time like he actually put his hands on you?
3: Um. I'll be honest, I don't recall the second time. It's all just like a blur. I just remember um, just constantly being um, abused. Like, you know, just a basic like conversation could turn into like, you know, you pissed him off. He You said something he didn't like. I'll never forget one time we were sitting around a table where everybody was joking and talking. And you know how people just kind of take jabs. Everybody joking and talking mm-hmm. with him. And I said, I was kind of like in the next room. And so I made a statement, everybody laughing, joking, and talking. And I made a statement, a joke. And he came and he slapped me. He was like, don't ever, don't ever say that again. And I was just like, well, no, we was all laughing and joking and talking. And so I just remember um, just things like that. It didn't matter what it was. If I, if I said the wrong thing, if I pissed him off, he just would hit me.
4: So, my question is, so, before your first hit, before he ever hit you, did you notice any signs of, like, at him being very angry or, like, Honestly, that he would do it to you? Or I had it?
3: no clue. The first, when he slapped me, I was completely shocked. I mean, this guy, like, he was... He was so nice, and he Charlie. was bringing—he was bringing me gifts like little teddy bears, and he was buying, you know, different things, telling me, you know, like I was like no other girl he had ever met, and he had been watching me in school, and because I was so quiet and I was a different type of girl, I saw no sign at all. So when he slapped me, I was just like, "Well, now where did that come from?" Because I had never seen any sign, and I honestly thought that like. He just got real angry. Maybe it was something going on, and it wouldn't happen again. And it was a long time, you know, from that first hit to so when it time. actually happened again.
4: Okay.
3: And how old was he? He was 17.
0: Okay. So, he was 15, he was 17. He was a senior? Probably mm. a
4: junior.
3: Well, maybe he was 16 when it, when it happened. He was like, he's only okay. like a year older than me, yeah.
0: Okay. So... um, when you got to California and, and and the abuse kept going on, why didn't you leave?
3: Because I had I by this time, you know, I had a very bad relationship with my parents because one, I kept running away. Um, I I kind of lied to people and told them like my parents were abusive. That's why I ran away. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like okay, I can't go home. I messed up at home, so I can't go home. And I have nowhere else to go. I'm I'm a 15 year old fugitive, <laughs> basically. And I have nowhere else to go.
4: When I was um, doing research and reading on this, it, was, it talked about, like, um, isolation. Do you feel like he was, like, isolating you away from, like, your friends, family, and people like that to make you, like, almost weak-minded to where he would be the only person you would feel comfortable with or around?
3: I think, I, I don't think that he necessarily... I'll be honest, he did not intentionally isolate me. We ran away because we thought we were in love and we wanted to be together and we didn't want to be stopped. However, he played on the fact that, and he would say several times because I would say like, I'm going to leave. You know, I can't take this anymore. He's like, where you going to go? Your parents don't want you." And in my mind, I was like, they don't want me because I didn't really cut up with them. You know, and by this time, I would run away several times. I run away um, something would happen. I would, you know, he would go to jail or something. I would get caught. I would come back home and I would just run away again. At one point when I, I ran away, um, I'll never forget. I, my parents were downstairs. I was so upset and I was always, you know, in trouble cause I was constantly running away. And I left a letter to my parents, like, don't try to find me. You cannot keep me from him. Um, <laughs> if you do, I'm going to burn your house down. Wow. So mind you now, I'm doing all of this, um, and, and then at one point, um, uh, I was upset with my parents and so him and his friend went and broke in my parents' house and they knew like that it was him cause he like took my underwear and my Michael Jackson record, you know? So <laughs> it was like, when you do all of that, it's like, well, nah, I really can't go home. And so he played on that. Like your parents don't want you. Where you going to go? Mm-hmm. You have nowhere to go. And I really had nowhere to go.
2: He never did any type of like comforting things, like to try to like Well yeah, calm you, you know, you
3: know, um, you know, after after a while it's a constant, it's the constant, I'm never gonna do it again, I promise, I just got upset, I love you, I'm not gonna do it again. And I kinda found it it's it's really sad. But I found a trick because of course when you when it starts with a slap. And then it escalates. And so what goes from a slap, it goes to now you're straddling me, beating me in my face. Um, and so I kind of adapted this theory. Um, it's, it's really sad. I'm laughing because it's crazy, but it worked. So I would kind of go, I would kind of like spaz out and act like I was losing my mind. And that's the only way I could get him to stop beating me. And so one time, i never forget, we were in California. We were in a hotel and we were like on the, the 10th floor and he had jumped on me and he wouldn't stop. And so I went to the balcony, and I was like, you know, and I, I think, in some sense, I really was. Initially, I was joking,
1: but, you was but once joking. I got to the
3: balcony, I was like, I'm just gonna jump off the balcony because I can't take this anymore. I'm tired of being abused. Um, and I and I I would, at some point, I got to the point I was like, I left home because I didn't want to be told what to do and get whoopings, and I walked full fledged into constant beatings and someone. Telling me what to do, controlling me, telling me what to say, telling me what to eat, telling me what to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And, I, and so basically what I did was I would have to kind of like just go like kind of crazy, like, um I almost act like I was losing my mind for him to stop hitting me, and so that kind of became my my defense mechanism. When I, you know, the crying and telling him to stop wouldn't work, then I kind of go kind of bananas.
4: Yeah. And
3: then he would stop.
2: I heard you say real quick. Just uh, I heard you say like you know he um like he would basically he took care of you, right? Yes. Did he make sure that like you couldn't get no other type of job or anything like that?
3: Well, you were too young. Though. Well, I was fifteen. So I, 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 I was 15 and I had, I had no skills. I dropped out of school in my sophomore year. So basically he was my sole provider, you oh know, man. so it was kind of like, I, you know, it never even dawned on me. Like maybe I, well, I guess the thing was too, I was afraid because I was 15, I didn't know if like the police had been alerted if people, you know, were going to be looking for me. So yeah, I never even thought to like get a, get a job. And so he was my sole provider.
1: So just from a statistic standpoint, um, one in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. So this includes a range of behaviors and in some cases might not be considered domestic violence, but one in seven women and one in 25 men have been injured by an intimate partner. So one in 10 women have been raped by an intimate partner data is um, unavailable on uh, male victims and then one in seven women and one in 18 men have been stalked so stalking causes the target of fear she or he they or someone close to her him them will be harmed or killed so at any point did you feel like there was some type of you know physical violence you know with the intimacy did you feel like... Oh, oh absolutely. Be
3: absolutely. absolutely. Because
1: when you're, when you're
3: being physically abused, you normally don't want to be intimate with, with that, your yeah. abuser. Yeah. And so they automatically, when they want it, they want it. And it's all about control. So
4: you couldn't say no.
3: I mean, I could say no, but, but that did. didn't help. Yeah. So, I mean, um, it, it is very much um, a fact that, yeah, I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, I was raped on a pretty consistent basis.
4: So if you told him no... It was a
3: problem. If I told him no, yeah, he would beat me up and then
2: he would just do it. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely right.
0: Um, I just don't understand the enjoyment of that.
2: Yeah. Like, I, I don't
0: get it. Like, somebody not showing emotion or reaction while you having sex. I just don't get the enjoyment of that. It's but, like it's no power in that to me. But
4: again, that's their power. So you going to do what I say and that alone could be getting him off. Like she's going to do what true. I say no Just matter to me, what.
0: just to me it's just no power in that. It's just not that to me you're belittled like that. Like That's me, a it's, weak it's, man. Yeah, that's 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 weak. It's just, it's, to me that just makes no sense.
1: So I know you stated that you felt like you couldn't go back home. Did you feel like if you did go back home, he would try to kind of like stalk you? Um stock your family well you know
3: honestly it i i I just felt like i couldn't go home and so there was an incident so again unfortunately so so the way things planned out we were in california um he um he got arrested because he was very much like he on the street selling drugs and you know he he telling everybody he got this money he out there g'd up like that's a surefire way for the police to know you're selling drugs like that was his life um, and so, um, when he got arrested, I basically had to, he's my sole provider. So I had to go out and start selling drugs to pay for who's staying in the hotel room. So I had to pay for the hotel room. Um, well, needs to say I did it and I kind of, um, the people, they took advantage of me. I mean, they were adults. They were well past 25 years old. Um and so they basically had me on the street selling drugs to pay for my hotel room and i was making fifteen hundred dollars a day and they was giving me thirty dollars for a oh, hotel room and um right. what ended up happening one night the, the the
0: it was a real it was like uh, a... To cut you, you was making fifteen hundred dollars
3: a day a day
0: a day but in what nineteen
3: nineteen what? uh it had to be nineteen eighty 88 okay, so 88. 87, eighty eight maybe so eighty seven, eighty seven, eighty eight. inflation on that but so that yeah. was, like See, it triple was, was like you that. but I'm making yeah. fifteen hundred dollars a day and they're giving me thirty dollars right. they're paying for my hotel room and you not
4: knowing nobody you just like okay cool I got this well I knew
3: in my mind I was like what well, is it, it finally hit me like what well, it's not right and so one day I had um so uh, it was like a roach motel. And so it was a real creepy guy, the, the the manager, and he came in my room one night, and it was nothing but the grace of God. Um he came in my room and stood over my bed and I just acted like I was asleep. And after that I was like, okay, I gotta get out of here. And so I went to their hotel and they were staying in a nice hotel. I mean, just like, but I'm fifteen, I don't know. You know, I know something's not right, but I don't know what to do. I'm out here with people I don't know, with nothing, no family, and so I called my parents. And I was like, um, and, and my pride too, because my parents told me, he's no good for you. Leave him alone. He's no good for you. You don't need to be with him. So even still, everything I'm going through, my pride, I call my parents. they like, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm good. You know, things going good. So I'm like, yeah, well, that failed. Because initially I was going to ask them to come home. And so I finally, um. I broke away from those people and I ended up, um, we kind of got into it. And I was like, hey, I'm making all this money. You're not giving me anything but, you know, a hotel room. And they basically was like, you either going to make this money, you're going to get a hotel room, and you can go on your way. And I was like, well, I'm going to go on my way. And so I ended up being homeless in California. And so I stayed there for, I, I don't even know if it was quite a week. And then after, because you would have to, I found a shelter. And so you have to go, um, you can only go in the shelter until eight at 8 p.m. at night. And then you had to leave at 6 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so I would just walk the streets of California. Um, and then like on the weekend. I went to. Uh, well during the week. I would go to um, the library sometimes. And so after a week. I was like I can't function out here being homeless. So I finally did call my parents. And I went home.
4: So did they like send you uh, like money to get home. Or did you already have like your money We
3: had to a, actually we had a return ticket. That's, that's what happened. I was trying to figure out how this played out. So We went away to California. In the midst of being in California, I got pregnant. That's what it was. Mm. And so when I came back home, silly, this guy's abusing me now. He's physically abusive to me. I went home, and I I knew I was pregnant. And I tried to act like I wasn't pregnant. I ended up going to the doctor, and my mother was like, we're going to put you. Because I still was like, I don't want to be here. So that's when they put me in the girls' home. And then... He came, as soon as he got out of jail, he came back and he was like, I love you. I want to be with you. You don't need to be in there. I'm going to take care of you and my baby. And I was like, okay. So did he go to jail in
4: California? He
3: went to jail in California.
4: And so when he got out, he just When he got out, to he be-
3: came back to, to Illinois and that's when we left the, um, uh, I was in a girl's home for pregnant girls and he came and got me one Saturday and we ran away from there.
4: Where would y'all go though? Like,
3: and that's when we were staying in, like, drug houses. Like, he was selling drugs, and we were staying in the drug houses of where they were selling drugs at. Yeah. And he still continued to be abusive. Um, yeah, and it was... It, it. And I don't know, in, in that instance, I felt, I, I felt like he loved me, but he just got really angry, and he couldn't help himself. Mm-hmm. And so at one time, we ended up... Um, so again... He goes to jail.
4: <laughs> this
3: is the story of our life. So I really
4: like him going to jail, that was really there was times that you could have really broke away and like never dealt with But
3: but either. you are such a a a captive. Like you once you be in an abusive relationship, you don't you don't even begin to um have your own thoughts. You you are so feeble minded that you can't even you become so just like so domicile. Like you you have you don't think for yourself. You don't um you basically just let this person lead you and and they control you. And so after so long, what you start to do is you stop fighting being controlled. You know, you just you just accept it, like you just accept it and you um you feel like, uh, you know what, if I don't fight it, maybe it won't be as bad. Maybe if I don't, if I shut my smart mouth, I won't get hit. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's kind of, that's kind of what I did.
1: So as far as the timeline is concerned, you were how old at this point? You were pregnant. Right. So I,
3: I was, I was still, this happened actually really quick because I was, fi- I was still 15. And then um, he came back, we, we ran away. He went to jail again. And I ended up staying with, um, I stayed with his parents, I think, or like his sister or brother. Um, And then he got out. I ended up having the baby, and we were still together. Mm. And so we ended up um, uh, staying with his sister. And so we were staying with his, um, I had the baby, and we were staying with his sister. So I still hadn't gone home. And so we were living with um, his sister and her husband.
2: Mm.
3: How old were you? By this time, once I had my daughter, I was 16. Okay.
0: And how long did you continue to stay with him?
3: Um, probably until she was three months. Um, and I, uh, I finally... And, that, and that's what people don't realize. You can tell people to leave all day. Um, but until you... I feel like the reason I left because I thought I was going to die... And so I, I I said, if I don't leave here he's going to kill me. Right. And in that moment, I felt that. Um, and so uh, we got into an argument because he was out. You know, I was breastfeeding and I wasn't eating right. And you got to keep in mind my, my mindset because now I'm 16 in an abusive relationship with a child. Mm. And I'm still a child myself. I haven't fully developed. I don't know what I'm doing. And um, I was agitated. Like, I was breastfeeding, but I didn't have an appetite, and so it was making my daughter sick. And uh, he went to touch me, and I was like, don't touch me. Leave me alone. And um, he was like, what? And he went into a rage. And I I called myself picking up the baby, and she had to be probably like two or three months old. And I was like, okay, if I had a baby in my hand, he won't, he won't beat me up. And I had the baby in my hand. It was just the grace of God. And he he literally drugged me with my baby in my hand. And he finally took her. He drugged me down the stairs. And he just he just started beating me. He was beating me, kicking me. And in that moment, I was like, he is gonna kill me. And so I just started screaming. I was like, God, please help me. Jesus, he is gonna kill me. God help me. I was like, God, please, just help me get out of this. He's gonna kill me. And I remember I started screaming for my mother and father. And I was like, God, don't let him kill me. And in that moment, he finally just stopped. And the minute he stopped, I got on the phone like, mama, come get me. I called my daddy. I was like, daddy. And I, I called my dad. I was like, he going to kill me. He going to kill me. Please come get me. He going to kill me. Um, and my parents my parents came. and got His father actually came first um, because he ended up, I think he ended up calling his father. And, um...
4: What did he call his father
3: to do? I have no... Or maybe I called his father. I think I called his father. Because he was was in a rage. And so finally, you know, my daughter was squared away. And he just was beating me. And then once I called my parents, he was really upset. And so he called his father. I I called his father. And I was like, please help me. He is going to kill me. Please help me. He won't stop beating me. And so his dad came out there... Um, because now we in the suburbs and I think by this time my parents had moved to the city. Um, and so his dad came out there and he basically, he was like, um, uh, he was like, you're not leaving. I was like, Oh no, I'm leaving. He was like, no, I'm not going to let you out of here. You got my baby and I'm not going to let you out of here. I was like, Oh no. So his dad came and his father was like, let the girl go leave alone. And so he was like, um, Take off everything I bought you. Everything I bought. If you are gonna leave here, you ain't leaving with nothing. And so finally, he was like, "I'm tell me where you going." And so I had to lie and tell him, you know, a fake address. And um, I base I don't know what I left there with because he had pretty much bought everything. And he was like, "Don't you leave out of here with nothing that I bought?" Um, and so that's how I got away.
4: So at any point, were you going through stuff like? Because I was reading on this like a couple of days ago where it went said like people would like wear long clothes, like, was there any time where it was, like, physical? So here's the the funny, here's the funny, it's
3: crazy, it's ironic, but I never had a a bruise. And so one day I was watching, um, it's an old movie. I can't think of the name of, but Nancy McKeon played in it where she was in an abusive relationship and her husband ended up paralyzing her cause he stabbed her. And so we were sitting, I was sitting there watching a movie and he was sitting next to me. I was like, wow, I could really relate to her because I'm in an abusive relationship. And he was like, you're not abused because I never leave a bruise on you. And so he never left any, I never, I never once remember ever having any bruises, but I don't know why, but I never I had never had any physical bruises.
4: And then, like, none of the people that was around you, like, and did that's the nothing thing. to, like, help or, like, and, stop And you. That's,
3: that's the thing. People tell you to leave, but it's such a shame that goes along with it because people don't help you. I remember one time we were, I don't know, we did something. We were doing something in the neighborhood. It was a Saturday morning. And I was nine months pregnant. I was like two months overdue. And we were outside in the front lawn. And again, because you know, you say that you're not going to say nothing, but you say things. And I said something to him. And he knocked me down. And we were on the front lawn on a Saturday morning. And he is beating me up. And nobody, not one person said, stop beating up that pregnant girl. That girl pregnantly, not one one person said anything
2: and i bet it was a lot of men out there too
4: it was a lot it was a saturday morning in chicago, nobody like, said anything to be out early in chicago like in so yards like yeah, you be out
3: you feel so alone like wow nobody's going to help me and you feel stuck i just feel like i'm stuck this is this is my life this is what it's going to be um and nobody nobody people would tell me like you should leave you better than that but where am I going? And he constantly like, where you going to go? Your mom and father don't want you. They don't want you. Where you going to go?
2: That's crazy. That should show you how many weak men is in the world. Because mm-hmm. ain't no way I can see it. If I can at least stop it for a moment, I'll at least try to... Hey, you you can't be beating her out here in, in front, front of, of everybody me. like that. Not in front, I'm not going for that. Whatever you do at your house is what you do at your house. It ain't right, but that's what you do at your house. But out here in public, in front of me, that can't go down like that. That's just... That just shows you how many weak men there is in the world. And they ain't got no respect for women. Like, that's why we need to uplift our black But you know, it's something that you say that. women, period.
3: Because after that, I very much like, (laughs) and I'm sure I probably put myself in danger. But I could not ever see a woman getting beat. I would tell a man, stop beating her. I would, because in that moment, I knew how she You know how embarrassing and humiliating it is First of all, that you're being abused, that you have... Because in your what you start to tell yourself is you are nothing. You are nothing. You allow this person to beat on you. You ain't worth nothing. You have nothing. You good for nothing. And so you are so humiliated and embarrassed. And then for... It's enough embarrassment just because you're going through it. And then for people around to see it. And so when I see women that are being abused, I have to step in because... I know how it feels to be abused and people watch and act like it ain't. You know, people have the mentality, well, it ain't my business, I'm not going to get it. Call 911. Do something to, to help. Because it's just the grace of God that I didn't get killed. I could have gotten killed.
2: Wow. And, and you had a baby, though. That's the thing about it. And it's, I'm, I'm, this is when the, your daughter was born, yeah, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I had left a him baby. when
3: she, matter of fact, she was three weeks old. I left her when she was three weeks old.
2: So. You had the baby with you too, right? Mm-hmm. And that that's weak as hell.
3: I mean, he was the, the, the time when he was jumping on me. I was I was two weeks overdue, right. and he was jumping on me in the front yard.
2: Yeah, and you prepped. Come
0: on, man. Yeah, I I I, I kind of want to go. So, Tiffany, you know, if you don't mind um, sharing as well, um,
1: what you feel comfortable.
0: Yeah, what you have experienced as well because you can definitely help and touch somebody too so we definitely want to hear
1: I mean as far as my abuse it was with my ex-husband and um, when I initially first met him I just thought he was just the best thing ever never saw any type of signs anything like that and just always wanted to be around him and I just remember like my grandmother was like you need to stay away from him. You need to stay away from him. By that time, I had already had my two kids. I just knew I was like, I was grown. Um, I was only 20, 21 at the time. Didn't really know anything that, you know, I know like my mom and them, they wanted to help me and stuff. That was the reason why I went to Arizona in the first place was for them to actually help me. And I ended up meeting him and it was just like, I was back in the same like, like, cause I just thought that he was just everything. And like I said, my mom and my grandmother was like against it. didn't want me to be around them. And then finally, you know, long story short, we moved in together. And, you know, I should have known better because at that time he had like, I don't know why I was with somebody that had like five kids, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but he had like five kids and they were, all you know, obviously, um, you know, in their like, you know, middle school age, you know, teenage, you know, age and. You know, he just used to always be, like, disrespectful when they come. He used to call me, like, you know, a bitch in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like, just be, like, you know, um, just always talking down on me. Nobody would ever want me. So, like, verbally. Just, like, verbally <laughs> abusive, just completely verbally abusive. And then like, he used to have just like this anger problem where he would like flip over all the couches, like punch holes in the wall. And then like, that was just the, you know, like the, the beginning. And I was just like, okay, he's really tripping. Like, it was like, I could never speak up for myself. And if I did, you know, he would spaz out and just, you know, throw things, you know, punch holes in the wall and stuff like that. And then, you know, I end up having my son and stuff like that. And then I just remember one time we got into an argument. We were in the kitchen, and then next thing I know, I was up against the wall, and he had me by, like, one hand, and, like, he was bigger than me. Mm -hmm. So, like, he had me up off the ground, like, pretty much against the wall, choking me to death. And, I mean, I just, from that point, like, I remember... Like, you know, going over his mom's house, she could tell that I was never, like, happy. Like, she knew I was a good girl, but she could tell that I was never happy or anything like that. And she just finally told me, I mean, she was just a biased person. And she was like, you know, you need to get out of this situation. You need to take your mom. You need to go. Your kids. Y'all all need to go and just go back home. Uh-huh. Like, you need to get out of this situation. I think the last go-around that he did, you know, like, where he hid me or whatever... Um, I just thought that I'm not gonna make it out of this. Like, he's gonna kill me. Uh Like, he is gonna kill me and he's definitely gonna do it because he's bigger than me. Right. Like, he's like, bigger than my current husband now. Like, he's bigger than him. So, like, I just knew that he was gonna kill me. And, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like, I don't know, like, he was not only abusive, but he would always, like, you know, cheat and all that other stuff. So, like, I don't know if he was like gone for like a few days or what but I'm telling you I packed all my stuff up when uh-huh. I say I packed everything up I packed everything up by myself me and the kids and I tell you like that next day I was gone he didn't even know I left
0: uh-huh.
1: that's how scared I was I was like completely scared and I'm telling you I never got my mom and them involved I never got like you know my um, my grandfather and them involved I never told any of my family because uh-huh. I was embarrassed Mm -hmm. So, like, I finally called my grandpa and was like, hey, you know, I need to come home. And he was like, you and the kids can come. And I just got myself out of that situation. So,
4: let me ask you this, sis. Um, How long was it? Because I know most people always say, from what I did my research on, they always say the, the most domestic violence start from, start with verbal. Like, it always starts with verbal. So, how long was it from when it went from just being verbal to physically? Like,
1: I mean, I was it like years say, or I know you probably can't think of like a specific, I would, I would have to say, cause me and him was together for like 10 years. Cause you gotta understand, I met him when I was 21 and I stopped being with him in my thirties. So my early, early thirties. So like, you know, it's um, it, it, I would say, you know, I didn't notice the signs. Like when I first started dating him, I mean, we were like together all the time. Now I didn't notice the cheating and stuff. And I noticed that he would, like, you know, be trying to talk to, like, friends that I had. That's why I don't have friends now because, like, it's hard to, you know, have friends and you don't trust, trust them around them. Your, your, your man or whatever. So, you know, I was noticing that type of stuff. But then as far as the physical abuse and, and emotional abuse and, the, you know, the verbal abuse and stuff like that, that came when we lived together. Mm-hmm. And it was like I was the only one that was actually taking care of me and my kids. It was like I was a single parent and he was there. You know what I'm saying? And then I think he was just like always, you know, feeling a certain type of way because he couldn't find a job because, you know, he had like a background and different things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was like throughout the whole time. And then like it was weird because like I left him and um i was like okay this is my break free but then you know it was like he talked me into it again and then i end up this was the like the first time we was married and then you know we got the divorce and stuff and that's when i went to oklahoma and then he talked me into it again and then we ended up getting remarried and i just knew that i wasn't this was the person i was supposed to be with and i knew that i didn't want to be with anybody else but i think the last thing that just put it up i was just like my son He's a baby. I just had my son. I think he was, like, around, like, one or whatever. But I just didn't want my son seeing me go through that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want my son, you know, growing up saying, you know, thinking it's okay to go around here and call women bitches. Like, that's what Mm -hmm. he was doing on the normal. Like, that was my name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My name was not Tiffany anymore. It was bitch. Yeah. So.
0: So, what do you, Tiff, and my mother say to women that's going through the same thing? That y'all have been through, the verbal, the physical, uh, what do y'all say? What, what, what's the first step, um, for them getting out of that situation?
3: Well, I, I would say the first signs of control or, or him trying to be controlling, um, to, it, I think it's easier to get out then, um, you know, the first, like the first time I got slapped, if I had said, you know what, I need to leave him alone. Um, so in that initial, when you first start to see the signs leave, because it gets, the more, um, the longer you stay, the harder it is to get out and the worse the abuse gets. So it doesn't, it doesn't get better. So I would say definitely the first signs. Um, um, the, the other thing is don't tell him that you're leaving. Um, like Tiffany said, you know, make a, make a escape, you know, plan, make a plan to escape because, um, Uh, I mean mine for as bad as it was there are people that are in much worse situations and women are afraid to leave because they're afraid that they are going to get killed that their kids are going to get killed so I would definitely say um, uh, when you see the signs to leave and don't go back You know, don't believe that I'm sorry and I'm never going to do it again he is going to do it again and so get out as soon as you can
1: and look back at your situation and be like you know You know, look at your situation and be like, you know, what can I do to get myself out of this? I mean, you know, for me, I had, um, I don't want to say I had a support system because I wasn't telling anybody. But I think just from hearing his mom saying, hey, you need to go, you need to get Mm -hmm. out of this situation. And especially
4: coming, it's your
1: abuser's mother. And if she can tell you to leave her son, it's serious. And then, you know, I mean, you know, you got small kids and they looking at you. You know, you don't want, you want to be a representation of your kids. So you don't want your kids to have to go through the same thing that you're going through. So you want to find a way to, you know, to come out of that and find a way to talk to somebody. Because I wish I did have somebody that I could talk to. At that point, I didn't go and talk to his mom. His mom could just, she could feel it. She could see that I was going through stuff with him. You know what I'm saying? So
3: And the other thing I would say, once you get out, go to counseling. Because it will affect you. It will have an effect. Um, so you definitely need counseling to to, to not only help you to, to get through the relationship, but get to the root of why you, you feel so bad as a person that you allow someone to abuse you. And it it's not your fault yeah oh it's absolutely yes it's not your fault there is nothing that you can say so bad you can't make anyone angry enough to hit you people have to have self control and it's not okay there's nothing you can say it's not because there is it's never a woman's fault whatever situation a man is going through that's his issue and it's never okay to hit a woman there is no reason no just cause ever to abuse a woman
4: Uh, um real quick uh um So, I thought this was really, really important. So, on a typical day, domestic violence hotlines nationwide receives over 20,000 calls of being abused. And so, like, do y'all think, did y'all know, like, to call any hotlines? Or did y'all feel like that if y'all called these hotlines or reached out for help, like, from sources like that, do y'all think it would have been easier to, like,
1: break away or deal with? It probably would have. It probably would have, but once again, you're in a situation, you're not thinking like, dang, you know, who can I talk to? Who can I reach out to? I mean, I know for myself, and I can only speak for myself, I was not thinking about that. All I could think about is, okay, if I stay with him, he's going to kill me. Mm -hmm. if i don't stay with him i can live a good life so and i agree with you know miss keisha i would say go and get counseling because i tell you once you get out of a situation like that you think you're healed because you're trying to heal yourself but really and truly you got to talk to somebody about that because that brings that that you bring that into your next relationships Mm -hmm. you misjudge a good person Versus the bad. You don't know who's good versus bad. Yeah. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. You don't know if you're getting yourself into another situation. It's just that you have to be able to deal with that situation. Heads on. Well,
3: to answer your question and then to piggyback off what Tiffany said, um, I'll be honest. I, I, It never occurred to me to call because I, I honestly felt like people just didn't care. And, and I don't know if it's because... This was early on in a time when we didn't have such a social presence. Um, But I mean, you know, we lived with um, his friends and no one ever, um, no one, I feel like no one tried to help me. There was one time when um, he was jumping on me, he had locked the door and his brother uh, broke down the door to get him to stop jumping on me. But there was, it wasn't like. And he told him, like, you you shouldn't be hitting that. But I I, I just felt, and that was the one person, I will say his brother, who really got on him. But that was probably one of the very few people that knew, that really um, spoke out and defended me. But I I felt like I was really in it by myself. Um, You know, and, you know, people give advice and you feel like, you feel so... You know, less than and people say things to you like, oh, I would never take that or fight back, you know, and then I fight back and it get worse. So I just feel like I didn't have I just felt like people really didn't care.
4: Mm.
3: I feel like people really just didn't care. And then what Tiffany was saying about um, the other relationships, the the next relationship after that relationship, um, I look back now and I realize just how damaged I was. Because I got with somebody else who was not an abuser. And every time we got in an argument, I was like, I know you want to hit me. You want to hit me, don't you? Hit me, don't. I know you want to hit me. Because in my mind, if I upset you, you're going to hit me. You're going to get so mad that you want to hit me. And that person was like, I don't want to hit you. I'm not. And he never hit me. But in my mind, every time we got into it, I was like, I know you want to hit me. If you hit me, I'm going to kill you. Because I had said to myself, I'm never going to let anyone else abuse me. I'm never going to let anyone else hit me. So I was like, if you hit me, I'm going to kill you. He never was thinking about hitting me. But my mentality said, because I was so messed up in the head, that when you make a man angry, he's going to hit you.
2: Um,
3: And I never got counseling for that part. You know, for being in an abusive relationship, I eventually got counseling and I worked through it. But I never went to, it never dawned on me like, I probably need some help.
4: Yeah.
0: And and I know it's, you know, as me and Chris would say, or Chris and I would say, it's weak and you're less of a man. Uh, but, I mean, in all honesty, at the, at the end of the day, it's no excuse for it. But, but why do y'all feel, um, uh, Mother and Tiffany, why do y'all feel that, you know, your abusers uh, did that to you? What do you think the cause was it? Was it um, seeing their parents do it to them? Because it sounds like, you know, mom, like that chore, uh, abuser. His dad was in his life. Or his dad was still around Well, and he had his mother. So, I mean, what was, what do you think caused, what was the root of him doing that?
3: So, here's the thing. He had a lot of issues. Um, he had a lot of issues and his, he was adopted. So he never knew his biological parents. Those are his step parents. Um, Those are his foster parents who who, who adopted him. Um, So he had that issue. At one point, he was doing drugs. And and I feel like um, he had self-esteem issues. He had... um, uh, Low self-esteem. He he had issues that he was... And not making excuses. Mm. But he had issues. And he didn't know how to deal with his own issues. So he was a broken person. We are two broken people together. And he had no coping mechanisms. Because you can get angry. People will make you angry. But he didn't know how to deal with that anger. Mm-hmm. And, and he... You know, he thought that the way to do it was to, you know, I'm going to act out what I feel. And so I think I think that he just had a lot of issues that he didn't know how to deal with um, uh, that he never addressed.
1: And then as far as for me, like, you know, um, he had both parents in his life and mm-hmm. they didn't raise him to be like that. I think it was more of a street mentality. Like he grew up in, like, you know um Watts, California. So mm. he look, grew up in a hood. Correlation seeing, right there. Yeah, huh? he was seeing <laughs> different things. Um, you know, they were, you know, gang, he, he was a gangbanger banker, mm. you know. Um, yeah. you know, they he was a gang banker again, the power. Power. Like, yeah. the power. Yeah. So that's really what it was. It, mm. I mean, you know, his parents didn't raise him that way. Mm-hmm. um they actually lived in before you know um watts started getting you know really bad in that area in california i mean they actually watts was actually a known place for people to stay there you yeah. know it was you know a mixed race there so yeah. it was a good neighborhood mm-hmm. um and then it just got out of control by like gang records and stuff like that and he just got involved in the streets gotcha
0: so to uh the women that will listen to this and um or maybe not listen to this and still going through the same thing, um, and feel less of a person. They don't feel like they're strong. They don't feel like they're powerful. They don't feel like they're anything and on the edge and may be wanting to kill yourself. And, and you two have made it out of the situation. What do you tell these women or young women?
3: Um, aside from the fact of getting out, uh, seek counseling, get to the root of, um, the issue that you're having, because when we value ourselves and, and feel self-worth, then we won't settle. But when we're desperate and, and we're looking for love, looking for, you know, what we missed as a child or, um, or looking for happiness in someone else, um, that's when we find these different people. So I would say definitely get counseling, work through your issues. Um, um, People are afraid to, to deal to go beyond the surface. So go deep within and evaluate and think about you know what it is. Why don't you love yourself? Because if you can't love yourself, you can't expect or show someone how to love you if you don't love yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, you have to kind of get to that. But initially, you just need to get out and then get counseling because you'll work through. Um, that situation. And the thing about it, when you see the signs, I feel like, um, a lot of things can be avoided if, if, when we see as women, when we see the signs, don't justify it. Don't make excuses for it. Um, as Maya Angelou said, when you, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. A lot of times we make excuses. Oh, he was just upset. Oh, he was, you know, I just made him really. No, he, he's showing you that he's, a con- and it starts small. It's the little things. That that um, that we think are cute, especially when we're younger. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. he, he real jealous.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, you know, oh, he really feeling me because mm-hmm. you know he don't want me talking to nobody else. And, and there's a difference in a man saying, "Hey, I don't like when you do that," or "I don't." But a man controlling you, when he telling you where to go, what to do, what time to do it, what you can wear, when he is con- trying to control every aspect of your life, that's not cute. That's not love. Mm-hmm those are the signs of abuse. So that's what I would say is, um, just really get down, um, and work out, um, your own issues. And then definitely, um, when you do get out, be take some time to be by yourself and evaluate yourself and work through your issues, get counseling, um, uh, learn to love yourself. Um, and then when you do, you won't settle. you you won't settle for anything. when you know your value and your worth, you won't settle for anything less.
1: I agree, and I'm gonna piggyback off of that. Just you know, find the signs and you know, I would say, you know, find more people to talk to. you never know who you know is gonna relate to your actual story. Um, but also, you know, get that counseling. that counseling is what's gonna help. And then, like your mom said, I mean, definitely once you get out of a relationship like that, definitely find yourself it took a long time for me to realize that um, because even just getting out of that relationship I just thought that I wasn't good for anybody and you know I had myself Mm -hmm. issues so you know what I had to do was I had to figure out a way to connect with God and I'm telling you that what he was just like the person that you know God was the person that got me through that yeah
0: Yes.
1: most definitely and I knew that at that time no, he wasn't going to bring somebody in my life because I wasn't ready for that yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when I was ready on, or when God. he felt like I was ready, Come on. he was going to bring that person in my life. And yeah. that's why I have a husband now. So all yeah. I say is, is be the strong person, get the counseling you need, get the separation you need to find yourself and then connect to something that's just, you know, you know, better than what you can ever imagine. For me, that was God. So if that's your calling, then that's your calling. And then I, I also want to say something to the people that
3: um, know, may know someone, a family member, a co-worker. Um, be very careful and understanding. Don't be judgmental. Um, that person is already going through a lot. They're already feeling um, uh So much humiliation and embarrassment. So try not to say things like, "Girl, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't do that. You should just leave." Don't tell somebody they should leave. Is there something I can help you? How can I help you get out? Can 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 I offer you a place to stay? Can I give you some um, information, some hotlines? But just be deal with that person very
4: sensitive.
3: Be very sensitive, compassionate, and do whatever you can to help that person. But don't judge them. Don't make them feel any worse. Um, and just help try to help them get out. Um, and then I also want to say that, um, even after you go through all that, you have to, as hard as it may be, you have to find it in your heart to forgive. And it took me a long time to forgive. Um, but I can say with God's grace, it was God. God dealt with me for many years that, um, I have forgiven that person. Um, I've had conversations with that person and let them know that I forgive them. Um, I pray for them. You know um, and so definitely forgiveness um, is going to help you you definitely have to forgive that person absolutely 100%
1: forgive
0: definitely and and we can't leave the conversation without uh, giving uh, some information for women and young women that are going through the situation
2: yeah you can call the 1-800-799-SAFE or you can go to www.thehotline.org and it'll it would like redirect you to like um uh, like for uh, us it would be Texas Council of Family Violence
0: and 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 if if, if you need immediate assistance uh, um uh if you need immediate um help, help it's called 911 911 you know yes. if yes. you going through something and you just you get away and you lock the door for uh,
4: men and women too yes. men yes. go through it and just don't speak on it so men and women they yes. can yes. call these hotlines call the police and just get the help. Yeah, definitely,
0: yeah. definitely get the help that you need. And I, I, I want to say, you know, to the men that that are abusers, you need some help. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, Period, point, of blame. Because at the end of the day, we can say you weak, and we can say all this. But at the end of the day, it's something that you have yes. been through yes. that make you want to physically hit a woman, and women the same thing. If yes. you're hitting a man, it's something that you need to go through. It's something that you you need counseling for. Uh, but I want women to know that I mean this episode was directly for you you are more than a conqueror you are beautiful um some God loves you and you are worthy Uh, and and the same thing with with men like you know you're king so don't put your hand on a queen you know Mm -hmm. so um we want to thank my mother Keisha for coming on the episode and thank Tiffany for sharing uh, her story. Give it up. Round of applause for them.
4: It really takes a lot for women to even just step up and tell their story, although yeah. people don't feel comfortable or whatever. But it takes a lot. So y'all, thank y'all so much for it. Because yeah, really, really it, y'all gonna touch somebody. rather we don't have a lot of viewers or whatever right now, but I'm sure it's somebody going through who will hear it yes. and and figure out a way definitely. to get out. Yeah. Just sure. get safe. Get safe.
3: Yes.
2: yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, is that it? That's it, it. That's it. All right, y'all. I'm gonna uh, close us out with this quote: uh, "The worst feeling is feeling unwanted by a person you want to you want the most." And that's by Drake. So, wow. That's by Drizzy. Yeah, it's by Drizzy. <laughs> that's by your boy, man. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Okay. And um, always, you gotta put this in. You can um, go find us at More Than A vibe on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, go to our page morethanavibe.libsyn.com. And um uh, more than a five, we out. Check plan. We out. <laughs> uh.